You're listening to a podcast from Jubilee Church, Farnham. To find out more, visit www.jubilee.church. I'm going to talk about running the race, and I'm going to pick up that scripture that we've already read there from Hebrews. And um, it's a little bit cliche, and um, I was a bit reluctant to do it, but um, as I pursued what I felt uh, was right, it felt that it was probably the right thing to talk about. But as a way of introduction, we call this often a starter um, when I teach lessons, I'm going to ask you to all stand in your seats. Don't worry, you're not going to have to do anything embarrassing. I just want to see if there are any runners amongst us. Because, no, no, don't sit down yet. Right, so... I'm assuming we've all run for a bus. If you haven't run for a bus, sit down. Have we all run for a bus at some point? Okay, let's see. Have we got anyone who has run 100 metres? Think back to school. It might have been your event, or you might have run 100 metres. Let me check what's next on my list. Who has run one... We're going to go with the, the modern ranges here. One kilometre. So sorry for those of you who would rather I did it in miles. Who's run a kilometre? I think at this point I might sit down. I don't know. How many times around the racetrack is that? Four times, I think? There we are. Oakley says it's four times. Right, well, I'm impressed. We've got a very fit and healthy church because lots of you are still standing. Okay, who's done the 5K? Is it the couch to 5K? Is that what it's called? Couch to 5K, or anyone run 5K? Crikey, I think I'd definitely be sat down by this point. I'm not much of a runner, has to be said. 10K, that seems like an awful long way to me. Ooh, very good. Got some young people still stood up as well. Right, who's run half a marathon? I'm reliably informed by Google that that is 21.1 kilometers, half a marathon. And then if I do my maths right, 42.2 kilometers. Stay standing if you've run a marathon. Oh, this is very interesting. Now, there's one more, there's one more, there's one more. I think, yes. Yeah. Oh, actually, there's two more I've got here. Oh, yes, an, an ultra-marathon apparently is anything more than a marathon. And so then I started looking into, um, oh, what's the one that's got the title man in it? Ironman. Iron Man, thank you, yes. So, <laughs> anyone done an Iron Man? And I, I believe, again, from some very quick research, it... <laughs> Kenny! <laughs> so, is, it's, it, this, are you, have you done the Iron Man? It wasn't an Iron Man. Oh, it wasn't an Iron Man. It was that distance. Did you have to do swimming, cycling, and running, or was it just lots and lots of running? Impressive. But, you know, there was a lot of you still stood up at, what was it, half marathon. It's really, really impressive. Well, you know, we are um, reading a scripture today that talks about persevering or running the race. And I really like this analogy, even though I'm not a runner. Chrissy, my wife, runs although we're at that stage where we're really having to persevere with, with bringing up children. It's one of those things, isn't it? As if we're parents, we all know that that's something you have to persevere with. You can't just give up 
and not get up. And when they cry out at five o'clock, they think just, oh, they'll just be by, okay by themselves. You can't just think, oh, I'll just let them run off and go wild in a park. I'll just sit back on the bench and just relax for a bit. You have to really persevere, don't you? And um, so we're at that stage in our lives with a, a toddler again. And, but, you know, perseverance is such an important value, isn't it? And it's interesting that this concept of really persevering is referenced multiple times in the Bible. And one of the things it says is that no matter how long our race is or whatever lies ahead on our journey, which of course we do not know, we run with the one who started before us and will be there at the end. Isn't that really reassuring? Because as we've just alluded to, running a race is hard work. Certainly if we're talking about long distance running, there will be times inevitably when you will be desperate to give up because your muscles ache or you think, oh, that little injury that I was carrying has just flared up. But we know in this journey that we run called life, we run with someone who was there before us and with someone who is there at the end. And we're going to look at three points today as we focus on Hebrews. Oh, there was a slight slide missing there. That's okay. I can tell you it. So we're going to do, we persevere because there is a purpose to achieve. Oh, I beg your pardon. Maybe that's because we've already read that, but it's probably on the next one. There we are. We persevere because there is a purpose to achieve. Therefore, God has a plan. Secondly, we persevere because there is a, there's a promise to receive and it will be worth it. And finally, we persevere because there is a person to believe. God says you will make it. So let's look first of all at number one. We persevere because there is a purpose to achieve and God has a plan. We are here to accomplish something significant. You and I have been placed here on this earth in the town of Farnham, in the Church of Jubilee, in the families that we're a part of for a specific purpose. And there is nobody else that can carry out that purpose on your behalf. It is a God-appointed purpose and he has given it and knows it both what it holds for today and for your tomorrows. And he has given it that purpose to you. There is something significant in your life. Each of us is valued and loved and cared for, not only by our physical and earthly father and family, but we are cared for and we are seen as significant in the eyes of our heavenly father. And he has a purpose and a plan for each and every single one of us. Put simply, we are here to do the will of God. We have been created by the almighty creator to follow out his purpose and his plan for us in our lives. And some of you might think, well, probably not, because we're all very intelligent in this room, I'm sure. But some of us might think, well, if we've got that 
creator God behind us and he knows this plan, then surely it's going to be easy peasy lemon squeezy would be one of my rather silly childish phrases that I might use with younger children. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Well, actually, the Bible doesn't promise that at all. In fact, this concept of running a race, a long-distance race, suggests that there will be trials, there will be trouble, there will be tribulations as we continue in pursuit of the plan and purpose that God has for us. And simply put, you cannot accomplish the will of God without perseverance. It's inevitable It talks about it in the Bible, that you will face difficulties, you will face trials, you will have those times where you are in the valleys. And actually, the Bible is great at giving us a really clear message about this, because there are a plethora of stories that talk about people who had to strive and struggle, and God even placed people in situations that they were like, no, God, please don't make me do that. Please don't make that my path. Give that to somebody else. And as I read these names, you can probably, if you've read the Bible, you can probably think about what I'm talking about. Jonah, who was sent to Nineveh, didn't want to go there. In fact, he ran in the opposite direction. But God had a different idea. And God's plan and purpose for Jonah was to bring the good news to people who needed it. Moses, a a long story, multiple um, aspects of Moses' life. He had to persevere. Daniel in the lion's den. Elijah, Mary receiving the Holy Spirit and having the, the Son of God in her. And going on that journey unto Bethlehem, she had to persevere. And we can read so many times in the Bible that God is with these people in their trials, in their troubles. They were sent many places that were difficult to go to. They were put in situations that were often painful or isolating. They were given messages that put them at odds with other people. And yet, they were empowered beyond themselves to do signs, to do miracles and wonders, and to reap an amazing harvest for the kingdom of God. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, it also talks about this concept of perseverance. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Hebrews 10, 36. You you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. There is a biblical truth in this concept of perseverance. And I know that many of us will have held on to these claims and these promises. And this is one that I have regularly found comfort in. And perhaps I'm speaking particularly to young people at this stage. There are times when you have to make really big decisions about what your future might hold. 
know who your future lifelong partner is going to be, what career you're going to pursue, where you're going to live, what church you're going to attend in the future. All of these big decisions that you make on your journey will perhaps have times where you will have to persevere through them. But you will know and take reassurance from this. In Jeremiah chapter 29, it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He doesn't just say it. He declares it triumphantly, with confidence, like our God can do and only can do. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And as we embark on a new year, and as we approach things, perhaps we can already see in the distance that will require us to persevere. Perhaps we're in the midst of a storm and we're having to dig deep so that we can persevere and put our trust and our dependence on God. Isn't it great to know this? For I know, God knows the plans that he has for you. And he declares this over you. He sings it over you, the Bible says. He's got plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So let's stand on that promise. Let's be strong in our foundation of what God promises us. And let's persevere because there is a purpose to achieve. God has a plan. That's our first point. Our second point is we persevere because there are promises to receive, and it will be worth it. So if we go back to that scripture that I've already quoted, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, the first part talks about persevering, but it then goes on to say, when you have done the will of God, in other words, when you've persevered, persevered, when you've driven through that journey that God has taken you on, you will receive what he has promised. And so if we take this scripture, it's saying that perseverance is a gateway to the promises of God. Our God is a just God. He is a God who is merciful And he knows that if we follow in the ways that he has called us to, he is going to give us the things that he has promised. I think one of the other principles that are closely aligned with the concept of perseverance is that element of faith. Because, of course, when we're persevering, we might not see the solution or the end, God might not have revealed the final outcome. And so we have to, in that perseverance, have the faith and the trust that God will deliver all that he has promised. And if we look at the full context of that verse that we've looked at, Hebrews 10.36, it says this, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he's promised. We've looked at that, but it goes on to say, verse 37, for in, a just, in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And, but my righteous, righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back 
and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. And so we are what we're looking at here is the fact that God will deliver his promises as we persevere. He says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back. We belong to an almighty God, an almighty saviour, and therefore those of us who have faith will be saved. So this bit comes from Hebrews, and it says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The Bible talks lots about the rewards that God will give as we follow him, as we follow him in his purpose and his plan. And I know many of us look forward to that time where we will um, be with Christ in heaven. And it talks about the jewels on our crowns and have, having that heavenly reward for the things that we do as we pursue in the plans and purpose that God has. Philippians 3 says this, Not that I have already t- obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to persevere because there are promises to receive. And when we persevere and God reveals his promises for our life, it will be worth it. So number three then is talking about we persevere because there is someone to believe in. God says you will make it. So if we revisit the Hebrews chapter 12 scripture, it says this, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In our perseverance, we can persevere because we can focus on Jesus. We know that there is someone to believe in that we know that there is a truth in what we believe because of these promises. And Jesus is someone that we can believe in because he overcame sin. He overcame hell. He defeated death and Satan. And that he is ultimate when it comes to perseverance. But you can believe if you focus your spiritual sight on him, he will enable you to do the very same. He's our ultimate example. And this concept of focusing on Jesus is vital in our perseverance. 
Again, if you're anything like me, um, when listening to a sermon, perhaps your mind might wander a bit. And at this point, my mind would probably wander to Peter, who walked on the water. And as he stepped out, the scriptures very specifically say that he looked to Jesus. And as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, of course, the storm around him consumed him, and he began to to sink. Again, what a picture that is, that moment in time that happened where he walked out and in faith was doing as Jesus had instructed. He called him out to get out of the boat. And he was being faithful in that. And he was kind of persevering in that. But as soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. And Jesus had to pull him out. If you look at him To bring in that analogy again of running the race, you'll catch that second wind. You won't make it if you try and do it on your own. You won't make it outside of your relationship with Jesus. You won't achieve your earthly purpose. And you won't reach an eternal home in heaven without him. It is looking intently at Jesus that will give you the strength you need to keep going. The last part of the scripture that we've just read says, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There are um, people that we come across in our lives that inspire us. And when I think about the concept of perseverance, I'm inspired by a young lady who Chrissy and I essentially grew up with in our church. And she had cystic fibrosis, and that's something I don't understand fully in terms of what she had to deal with on a day-to-day basis. But you know, from knowing a little bit about her symptoms and the way in which cystic fibrosis affects her body, I know that she had to you know, wake up every morning and go through various um, systems and routines in order to clear her lungs so that she could breathe. And... Um, Despite her significant illness that was clearly very debilitating in some senses, my goodness me, this, this, this young lady, Sam, goodness me, she persevered. She was joyful. She was smiley. She went on to, um, to, to, to do her uh, career of becoming a teacher that she had always wanted to do. She worked for a number of years in the primary school in her village. It was her, her dream career. And she carried on until physically she was unable to do so. Obviously, she was hoping and praying for, as we were, as friends and families of the church, for a lung transplant. And sadly, that day never came, and ultimately, the disease became too much. But the way that she lived her life, because of her trust in Jesus, she persevered through joy and infliction and and through that disease, she was able to do some things which probably, without her faith and trust in her Lord and Savior, she'd have given up on. She'd have said, oh, it's too difficult to train to be a teacher. Oh, crikey, these 30 kids today, it's too much. I can barely gather enough breath to get their attention. But she did it because, and I strongly believe that she did this because of her faith and trust in her Savior and Lord Jesus. And I find her, I regularly think about her, and Luke, her husband at the time, I regularly think about, gosh, that's an example. 
like these stories in the Bible that we read, but there are, and you, again, you can probably think of people in your life who have persevered, and because of their faith and trust in Jesus, he has taken them through. He has delivered those promises, or ultimately, they have gone to live with God in heaven, and they are in heaven praising him for eternity. So, on our journey, on our run, on our pursuit of following the plan that God has for us, don't stop worshipping him. Don't stop praying to him. Don't stop reading your Bible. Don't quit coming to church. Because if you look and focus on Jesus, and if you nurture your faith and your relationship that you have with him, you will not grow weary. He will uphold you. He will keep you steadfast and strong. But if you stop pursuing life with Jesus, you will lose heart. I'm quoting some scriptures that I know all of us will know almost off by heart. But I think particularly at the beginning of a year, it's so good to remind ourselves of these scriptures. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, 31 says this. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never grows weary or faint. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the weary and strengthens the powerless. Youth may faint and grow weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I'm going to finish this sermon with a story which I think speaks particularly to me because of its musical aspect to it. This is, and I can't pronounce the uh, name of the um, Prime Minister of Poland, so, and so apologies if I get it wrong, Ignacy Paderewski. He is um, Poland's famous concert pianist and Prime Minister. And he was giving a series of concerts. A mother, wishing to encourage her young son's progress at the piano, bought tickets for a performance. When the night arrived, they found their seats near the front of the concert hall and eyed the majestic Steinway waiting on the stage. The mother spotted a friend in the audience and walked down the aisle to greet her. Seizing the opportunity to explore the wonders of the concert hall, the little boy eventually made his way through a door marked no admittance. I've got one of those at the moment, two years old. He'll run anywhere if he can. When the house lights dimmed and the concert was about to begin, the mother returned to her seat and discovered that the child was missing. Suddenly, the curtains parted and spotlights focused on the impressive Steinway on the stage. In horror, the mother saw her little boy sitting at the keyboard, innocently picking out Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. His mother gasped, but before she could retrieve her son, the great piano master appeared on the stage and quickly moved to the keyboard. He whispered to the boy, don't quit, keep playing. He then leaned over 
reached down with his left hand and began filling in the base part. Soon, his right arm reached right around the other side and encircled the child to add a running obligato, which is like an additional counter melody that would have fitted beautifully with the twinkle, twinkle little star tune. Together, the old master and young novice held the crowd mesmerized. And this story talks about the fact that God surrounds us. He's there whispering to us, don't quit, keep playing. Or to use the other other analogy, keep running, keep going. I surround you, I encompass you, I cause you to soar on the wings of eagle, I give you strength when you want to tumble and fall, I lift you up, I restore you. And so today's word might be about holding on, not quitting, persevering, keeping on going through that journey. Trusting in Jesus, looking at him, keeping your eyes fixed on his gaze. There is an eternal purpose to achieve. And God has a plan. And if we pursue these plans, there are blessings to receive. And persevering will be worth it. Fix your eyes on Jesus and he will make every difference in every circumstance. So we persevere because there is a purpose to achieve. God has a plan. We persevere because there are promises to receive and it will be worth it. And we persevere because there is a person to believe. God says you will make it. I trust that re-looking, as we did actually in the previous series, re-looking over some of those scriptures that no doubt you've come across before if you've ever really attended church or read your Bible or done a Bible study or they're scriptures that I run to when I need encouragement and hopefully they've encouraged you this morning. And we're going to focus on communion now and I've already said that Jesus is our ultimate example of perseverance. Jesus persevered through the journey to the cross. That would have been a really difficult race to have run, physically, emotionally. He carried his own cross. He was flogged. He was betrayed. He was disowned. He was let down as the disciples fell asleep. He was mocked. He had a crown of thorns placed on his head. He was slapped in the face, spat on, shouted at, scorned, and falsely accused. Yet he didn't give up. He went all the way. He carried out that plan and purpose that his father had given him to take our sins on his shoulders, to die on the cross, so that we could have our sins forgiven and know our Heavenly Father as a Lord and Saviour. The other scripture that just keeps coming back into my mind at the moment, and I think it stems from a few weeks back, just before all the Christmas events, we sang a song which directly quotes it, John 3, 16, and as I began to read it, I know many of you 
read it out loud. And I'd like to do that again if that's okay. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Praise God. Do you know we are so privileged to be, able to, be, to, to be able to call ourselves sons and daughters of the living God. We're so privileged. And we run this race with that knowledge and that understanding. And there are people in this town, in our communities, and in our families who don't have that assurance. They don't know that there's somebody right by them who was there before we started and will be there at the end. And so as we go through this year, find reassurance. Refer back to these scriptures because they are truth. They are absolute truths and we can get great comfort from them. We're going to I'm just really going to give you an opportunity to reflect on some of the things that um, I've spoken about. And perhaps there's something that resonates particularly with you. This video is just going to create a space for us to actually, for me not to talk, and for you just to reflect. You may want to block out the video and think about what it is that God and the Holy Spirit has prompted in your heart and on your mind. But I want us to spend some time now really reflecting on this journey that God has called us to. Maybe you're excited about the journey ahead. Maybe you're in a storm. Maybe you need reminding about fixing your eyes. Maybe you need to get rid of, and actually, as the scripture says, which I haven't really referred to, but getting rid of anything that's going to hinder us, getting rid of that sin that's going to hold us back. Let's fight this fight wholeheartedly for God. Let's run the race as he has intended us to, without anything holding us back. So let's reflect. Let's really connect with our Heavenly Father, who is here to communicate with us, to love us, to encourage us, and to communicate with us. So let's watch this video, which quotes many scriptures and others that I haven't re specifically referred to today about running the race. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him 
endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest, after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Heavenly Father, we worship you. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the adoration, because we know that you have been there before us and will be there at the end. Father, I pray that we would run this race with perseverance, seeking you in everything that we do, that in all things we would fix our eyes on you, and that all, as we do that, all the things of this world would become strangely dim. Father, we depend on you. We need you more and more in our lives. And Father, we would ask that you would point out anything that is preventing us from running this race in the way in which you have set out for us. As we go to a new year, as we start a new year, we want to run full-heartedly for you. We want to do everything for you. And we thank you for your ultimate example of perseverance. We thank you that you went all the way to the cross. We thank you that you carried out that purpose and plan that the Father had set out for you. We thank you that you died on that cross, rose again three days later, and are now seated at the right-hand side of your Father. And we thank you that the fact that you did that enables us to be called sons and daughters of the living God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.